remember when you would wake up on Christmas Day and slide out of bed still in your PJs and tiptoe down the hallway, down the stairs, peek your head into the living room to see the Christmas tree sparkling in the dark of night? Do you remember seeing that gift with your name on it and then quickly sizing it up to the gifts of your siblings to see how it measured up, right? But do you remember the excitement of seeing that gift with your name on it that caused this overwhelming passion of fire and belly of six-year-old you because you desperately wanted to open it and peek inside, but your lazy parents that definitely had eight hours of sleep last night are still in bed, right? And eventually they wander in with a cup of hot coffee and they give you the nod, which really for kids is like a gun firing off at the start of a race as they start to unwrap the wonder of Christmas. Today, I want to start a two-part message for you that's going to span over the next two weeks, and it's really special. It's called Unwrapping Wonder. You can write that down. Unwrapping Wonder. And trust me, there is a lot to unwrap, but before we get started, I want to pray. And also, I'm not feeling my greatest right now, so would you all pray for me as I pray for this message? (laughs) God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you did for us over 2,000 years ago. And God, I pray that today as we start to unwrap the wonder of what it is that you did, God, I pray that you would speak and we would listen. I pray that right now in my weakness you would be made strong. And God, I ask that you would just touch the lives and the hearts of so many people today. And if you believe that, would you say amen? amen? Amen. Well, one of my favorite things about Christmas is the gifts. Like, does anybody have the love language of gifts, y'all? Yeah, a few people. Okay, well, it's one of my love languages. I love gifts. I love going to shopping for family members and friends. And I love to think about what it is that they might want, what they might love to unwrap. And I love watching people open gifts. You know how some people don't want to open gifts in front of other people? Not if that comes from me. You're going to open it in front of me. Because I want to see the look on your face when you realize how much I love you. Okay? I love that this Christmas season is all about generosity and joy. I love that Christmas, Christmas represents the day that God gave humanity the greatest gift that humanity will ever receive. I love that Christmas is a time where we can come together and remember the real reason for this season. Because on that day, over 2,000 years ago, God gave us himself. But it was more than just simply a baby in a manger. It's more than some historical story that we now sing about in carols and we create nativity scenes and watch productions about this. It's more than that. See, the gift that was given on what we now know as Christmas was the most sacrificial, generous, undeserved gift that the world has ever received. In fact, this gift, it was given to everyone, every single person, but not everyone has decided to accept it and receive it. In fact, this gift has created a lot of controversy around the world throughout the centuries. This gift is transformational to anybody who opens it and embraces what's inside. See, what's inside will cause you to live your life in wonder and awe of the giver. And over these two messages, we're going to go on a journey together through the book of Ephesians chapter 1 and 2. Because in Ephesians chapter 1 and 2, we can really understand and unwrap the wonder of what this gift means for us. And so you can see in your notes, and we're going to read along on the screen, starting in chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us 
in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, do you realize that you are chosen? See, you were chosen by God before the creation of the world. You were chosen by God before you even entered this earthly world, before your parents even knew that you were coming, before they even named you. God already knew you, and he had chosen you then, and he still chooses you now. God chose you. Now, this gift box, as you all can see, it currently says Darcy, right? quite shiny, quite nice. It currently says Darcy, but I want you to picture this gift box with your name on it, with your name on the tag, because the reality is God has a gift for each and every single one of us, and there's a gift from God with your name on it. But here's the thing. This gift, this gift was given to me. Like, it's wrapped up with a pretty bow on it just for me, set here right in front of me just for me, but I have to choose to receive it, right? I have to choose to embrace it because the thing is, is that God gives us this freely, but we also have to choose him. Now, it's wrapped up for me, but God would never force this gift on anyone. He would never force himself into anyone's life. God is a gentleman, so what he does instead is he he wraps it up and he places it there, right there for you with your name on the tag. And he says, do you want it? Do you want this gift that I have given you? See, a lot of people are hesitant to even approach this gift because they think that once they open it, something's going to pop out like a white wig, you know, like the judge with the white wig, you know, like a legalistic jack-in-the-box who's going to roll out this scroll with all the rules and regulations of what you have to do to be a Christian, right? We think that that's going to come out of this box. People are hesitant to open this box because they think that there might be some fine print that the delivery boy forgot to tell them when he said, sign here. People are hesitant to approach it because this world that we live in is full of catches. People have become so cautious and distrustful of anything that is given to them for free, and they say, wait, what's the catch? Is there a catch here? Well, I can tell you now, God is giving you this with no catch. There's no catch. In fact, you can do nothing to deserve this gift. And also, you can do nothing to fully repay this gift. But there is a disclaimer. Do you want to know the disclaimer? This gift will change you for the better. That's the only disclaimer. This gift will change you for the better. Y'all want to open it? Yeah? Before we do, I want to read verses 5 and 6. It says, In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. See, in this box is something really beautiful. In this box are some really important documents. They're adoption papers and a birth certificate, a new birth certificate. See, see what God is saying, he, is, he predestined. That means before the beginning of creation, he had already planned to adopt you as his son or his daughter. There's adoption papers in here and a new birth certificate. And this is incredible because God didn't just choose to love you from a distance. No, God wants you. God 
wants you to be a part of his family. He wants you to be his son or his daughter. He doesn't just want to love you from far away, but he says, no, would you come close like a son or a daughter would? Because I want to adopt you and I want to give you a fresh start, an opportunity for a new name. God is, he's not like that earthly father that walked away from you when you were young. He's not like that. God is not like that earthly mother that neglected you or hurled insults at you for simply just living under her roof. God is not like that. God would never shout at you or make you feel unwelcome in his presence. God is your heavenly father, and he wants you. As a part of his family, he's always wanted us. In fact, he's always had these adoption papers pre-filled out with your name on it, but he also gave us something powerful. He gave us the gift of free will. Free will means that we get to choose whether or not we want to be a part of this family. We get to choose. It's our choice. But you know what warms my heart is I love watching random little videos on YouTube, and some of my favorite videos are watching foster kids get adopted by a family. Has anybody ever seen a video like that on YouTube? Honestly, it makes me cry to see a foster kid open the surprise gift of adoption papers. And in fact, there's a little video I want to show you today of a young boy named Carter. And Carter is about to be adopted into this family on Christmas Day. And he's going to open up this, this gift that you'll see where he's going to pull out a photo. And it's a family photo. And it has a note attached that says this. This is the most recent picture of our family. All of us would love for you to be in the next picture and to be a part of our family. So Carter, would you like to be our son and brother? Watch Carter's reaction. the most precious video we're gonna adopt you carter the most precious video to watch i see i'm not crying you are <laughs> i'm holding it together up here but honestly those videos break my heart because that's a little boy that for the first time realizes there's a family that wants him there's a family that loves him. And can I tell you something incredible? That when you allow God to fully adopt you as a son or daughter, something incredible happens. See, what happens is you step into the royal bloodline of Jesus. You know what that means? That means that whatever has affected your family for generation to generation to generation has flowed down. It can now stop with you. See, that addiction that your parents have been suffering from, that also consumed your grandparents and your grandparents' parents, it can stop with you. That sickness that has flowed from generation to generation, it can stop with you. That poverty that you can trace back in your family as far as you can, it can stop with you. That destructive behavior that is now consuming your siblings because they're just simply modeling what they saw in their parents who modeled what they saw in their parents, guess what? It can stop with you. 
See, when you are born again and adopted into God's family, what happens is you can step into the royal bloodline of Christ and you can say, you know what? I'm accepting a new identity, a new name, and I'm going to step into this and set a new, a new journey and a new course for all those generations that will come after me. Good catch. But when you're adopted into the royal bloodline of Christ, things shift because Whatever had a hold on your parents, it no longer has a hold on you. That's good news. That is good news. See, just because your parents were that way or because it's now affecting your siblings or because your grandparents suffered from that, it doesn't mean that it has to continue on to you. That's not just because that's the way it's always always has been. God is saying, look, I've got these adoption papers pre-filled out. I can help you set a new course, not just for you, but for the generations that come after you. If you'll just take it and sign it and become a son or daughter of the king. This is incredible. And just like young Carter in that video, the overwhelming emotion that bubbled up inside this child, it was because he realized there was a family that wanted him. There was a family that said, hey, we want you to be a part of us. You are welcome here. You're one of us now. And it it was in that moment that he was given the opportunity for a new name, a new identity, a new chapter in his life, despite what he had faced in the foster care system, despite what challenges he had faced growing up, he had an opportunity for a new identity. And God gives you the exact same thing. When you accept this gift, you're adopted. There's something else in this gift that's quite significant, but I need to first tell you why I decided to preach in my pajamas today, because there's a reason for this, not just because it's Christmas time or if it's perfectly with the theme of my message, not just because I live in South Auckland, uh, (laughs) but there's a reason, there's a reason I wore these today. Because it it represents something. See, this actually represents my messiness. You know sometimes when you get home after a really rough day and you're like, I just need my comfy clothes, right? You just need to put on your comfy clothes. You dip into that state of lethargy where you just want to order a pizza. You just want to watch a movie on Netflix. You want to get into that PJ mode. See, when I get into PJ mode, I don't want anybody else to see me. Like, I don't want to go out of the house. I want anybody else to see me. In fact, if we have run out of milk for our teas at night or for coffees in the morning, I'll be like, Frosty, could you pretty please go to the supermarket and get some milk? Because I'm in my PJs. (laughs) And I know I could blend in at the supermarket, but I'm not getting out. (laughs) I wish I was joking. (laughs) But this, (laughs) it represents my messiness. You know, we've all got a messy side to us. We've all got some brokenness in us. It, it represents the state of us that sometimes we don't want anybody else to see. We've all got this because we were all born with a sinful nature, but God did something really special for us. See, what God did for us is he met us right in our mess and right in our brokenness. And he said, hey, I see you and I love you. And yeah, girl, you messed up. But and technically, technically, you should pay the penalty for your sins. But guess what? I'm a God of grace. See, I'm, I'm a God who will take your place. See, God did something really special. He did something for us where he actually paid the price for us. And the only way to pay that price, the penalty for our sins was death. And so what Jesus did is that he took 
the, the sins of the world on his shoulders and he went to the cross for us. And he shed blood for us so that we could receive something else in return. See, inside here is also this white jacket. This white jacket represents what Jesus did for us when he shed that blood, which washed us clean of all of our sins. See, God wants to give us restoration. God wants to give us redemption. God wants to give us a clean slate. But in accepting this part of the gift, he requires an exchange. See, there's an exchange that has to take place because he doesn't want me to put this over my PJs. He doesn't want me to put this over my brokenness or my messiness. In fact, he says, I want you to take that and give that to me. Now, this is not a fair trade. This is not a fair trade at all. But he actually wants that in return so that he can take that messiness and that brokenness. And he says, you give me that and I'll give you this. He doesn't want us to wear both because too often we want to take this, but we want to have this for the days when we're feeling weak. For the days when we want to dip into our old self, our old habits, our old ways. But he says, no, 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 sweetie, I'm giving you this gift and I need you to give me that. Give me the old you so that I can make you the new you. See, when you fully accept this, what you receive is redemption. When you receive this gift, you are redeemed. You are redeemed. Now, I know the concept of grace and redemption can be quite hard for people to understand. In chapter 1, verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Redemption and grace, they're two pretty big words in Christian circles, and sometimes we don't fully understand what it means. And when I was talking about it with my year 11 students earlier this year, I actually wrote a spoken word that's called When Grace Took My Place, because sometimes poetry just says it better, right? But it's called When Grace Took My Place. It was unfounded, undeserved, unreasonable favor the day I walked free by the grace of a Savior. You see, I had messed up, messed around, yet he waded through the waves of my tears and found me, knelt down beside me, picked me up in his arms and carried me back to shore. Despite all the years, I had ignored his call. As he shouted out saying he could restore my fall, he could heal my wounds, my emotional bruises, my heartache. In fact, as he carried me through my self-created waves of destruction, he said, I can take it all away. I've got grace for you. I've got a place for you. Grace for your imperfections, a place in my kingdom. Why me? I said. And he whispered, because I love you. But God, I walked away from you. He said, I know. But I ran after you. But God, I don't deserve this, this free pass. He said, the love I'm giving you outlasts and outweighs anything you could ever comprehend. It extends beyond human reasoning. It ascends above all wicked scheming. It offends the enemy and his, and his army because in the end, my love wins. My love won when I hung on that cross for you. And I did that because I so desperately love you. Sure, you were supposed to pay the price for your sins, and darkness thought that they were going to win, but my name is Grace, and I, I took your place. There's one more thing in this box that I want to show you, and the rest we can unwrap next week because I'm just halfway through, but the, let me first read to you Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. As for you, you who were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live, 
when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. What this means is that when we accept this gift, we're no longer subject. We're no longer under the authority of the darkness of this world. We don't have to bow down to it. We don't have to submit to it. It means that we are no longer dead in our own sins. It means we're no longer bound by the cravings of our own flesh. By grace, we've been saved. By grace, God has given us a new outfit. And with every new outfit, you need some new shoes, right? He's given us new shoes. Why? Because he doesn't want us to continue walk in that old life. But he says, let me tell you, when you accept everything I've got for you, you're not just going to talk different, but you're going to walk different because you're going to walk in the spirit. You're going to walk by the spirit. See, what happens is when you lay down your old self and you pick up that new self, you start to live a new life, a life that is dramatically different. I told you this gift will change you. See, you start to walk in this new way, talk in this new way because you have been Saved by grace, he's given you a clean slate, slate, and he has restored you to your original design. you got to recognize how incredible this is. When you accept this, you are made new. You are made new. When I was thinking of how to describe this to you, to really illustrate what this truly means, the picture of a stray dog came to mind. You see, Oftentimes, we walk through life like a stray dog. We've walked through hell. Sometimes we face rejection and neglect. We face the pain and the hurt that this world could cause. And stray dogs can get into a horrible state until somebody finds them, rescues them, and redeems them, and restores them to their original design. See, I actually found some photos that I want to show you. See, on the left is when this dog was found, neglected and abused. That's not who he was supposed to be. And once somebody rescued him and redeemed him, he became who he was meant to be. Look at this next one. On the left, this poor puppy has faced so much hurt in this world until somebody found him, rescued him, and redeemed him, and restored him to who he was supposed to be. Look at this next one. You can't even recognize that there's a dog in there. See his mouth right there? There is so much hair matted around him. It's like a blanket, but this is who he's supposed to be. See, these dogs were never intended to look like the photo on the left. They were never intended to end up in that state. But because of this cruel world that is affected by brokenness, they did until somebody found them, picked them up, washed them clean, and made them new again. This is what it's like when we embrace this gift. I told you this gift will change you for the better. It will change you when you allow God to swoop in where you once were. See, this is the old you weighted down by the pressures of this world, weighted down by the sins that you've, you've committed, by the sins that you've faced, weighted down. But God has a plan for you, and he's always had a plan for you. Keys can join me now.
God has always had a plan for you ever since the beginning. But sometimes we walk through this world, we walk through life, and we allow so many things to bombard us and come down on us that we end up like the photo on the left. But this is who we're meant to be. There's an intended original design for each and every single one of us. And someone here needs to know that today, this gift is on offer for you. It's free. I told you there's no catch. You can't pay for it. You can't deserve it. But the disclaimer is it will change you. Because when you open it and when you embrace it, you will realize that you are chosen. You'll realize that you are adopted. You'll realize that you are redeemed and that you're given a fresh start, a clean slate. But you're also made new. You are made new transformed into who you were always meant to be. And y'all, there's, there's still more to unwrap. But we're going to do that next week. So I encourage you to come back for part two of this message because I've got so much more that I want to unwrap for you. This message is really important, not just for believers to understand, but for also non-believers to understand the grace of our God. See, I really... I really get upset inside when people lose their wonder for God. And they think that they know all there is to know about God. Can I tell you, if you've lost your wonder, maybe you never fully unwrapped the gift. Maybe you, you didn't fully recognize what was inside when he placed this into your hands freely, graciously, sacrificially. See, if you've lost your wonder for God, maybe you didn't fully understand his grace or his generosity, maybe you didn't understand the value of something that was given for free. But today I know there's people that have never received this gift, or maybe you've received it and you put it back down and walked away from it because you didn't really understand what it was. I hope that today you've got some insight into what this truly means. See, what happened over 2,000 years ago is that the God of the universe, he humbled himself and he entered the messiness of humanity. And he showed us how to live. He showed us how to love. And then he went to the cross for us. And he paid the price that we all deserve to pay. And he hung there on that cross for us. And he died the most brutal, excruciating death. And he was buried. But then on the third day, he rose again, defeating death, conquering sin, and giving us all a fresh start. See, when we unwrap this gift, it's not like looking at old photo albums of a family member who once was or a life that somebody once lived. When we unwrap the wonder of Jesus, we are looking at the God who is and the life that he gives. And today I want to give you an opportunity to know him, to say yes to him, to accept this free of charge. You can't deserve it. You can't Pay it back, but it will change you. And so I'm going to ask every single person to close your eyes and bow your heads. Because in a crowded room, this is a very personal question. But I want to know if anybody here today wants to receive the most powerful gift that you could ever receive in this Christmas season. A gift of salvation. A gift of a fresh start. 
a gift of adoption, a gift of redemption, a gift that was sacrificially given to you by your creator. 